Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Inflation Reduction Act. The bill is passed. Raising taxes. Chinese military. The aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan to monitor the situation. This volatile environment which can and likely will change rapidly. The threats are still real. I'm not worried, but I'm concerned. Hunter under federal investigation. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, new week. Lots going on in Eastern North Carolina. The uh, Little League Softball World Series returns to uh, Greenville. In fact, uh, the opening ceremonies will start in about uh, 55 minutes down at the Greenville Town Common. Then uh, 12 teams will compete to win the uh, World Series of Softball. And... uh, Pitt County is representing the state of North Carolina. North Carolina, uh, they, they get a bye as the host state. And uh, Pitt County uh, girls softball, their all-star team, won the right to represent North Carolina and the states. So they will play uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock against the California team. So uh, lots of happenings down at Elm Street Park at Stalling Stadium. I guess it's Stalling Stadium, it's Elm Street Park. Um, anyway, get out and uh, welcome folks from literally all over the world. You've got teams from Columbia, Missouri, Del Mar, Maryland, Milford, Connecticut, uh, Issaquah, Washington, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Chesterfield, Virginia, Hewitt, Texas, Laverne, California, of course our Pitt County girls, uh, international teams from the Philippines, Canada, Italy, and Puerto Rico. So, <laughs> welcome to North Carolina humidity in August. Yeah. <laughs> so, hope some, you like to play in the warmth. Yeah, because, some of those some of those states mentioned like, whew, you guys are gonna struggle. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, or gals. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be warm. But uh, anyway, it's uh, it's it's a fun venue. If you haven't been down there, it's it's worth a drive into Greenville, no matter where you are in eastern North Carolina, to take in one of the games. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and there'll be a lot of folks there from literally all over the world. So uh, get out and enjoy. You know, Elm Street Park, uh, Stallings Field, or Park, or uh, whatever the Stallings family. Stallings Stadium. Stallings Stadium. Park. Okay. It. Um, you know, it's a slice of Americana that yeah. is. It's like no other place I've ever been for, from a little league perspective. I mean, it's um, nice as a lot of minor league stadiums. Oh yeah, <laughs> Not, nicer. Oh, yeah, than, nicer than many Division One baseball stadiums. Well, um, with uh, trying to be kind to our friends in Kinston. Now, the, the Kinston Park now is quite nice. They've really oh, yeah, upgraded really, it fact, really, really nice. But 20 years ago, uh, yeah, I, I would have picked Elm Street Park over the Kinston Indian Stadium back yeah. when it was the Indians. Yeah, it's so. really nice. I w- matter of fact, I went to a ball game there Thursday night. and yeah. it's, uh, Oh, they've, they've done a great job revitalizing that and bringing it up mm-hmm. to uh, where it needs to be. Olivia Newton-John passed away today, 73 years old. Making me feel old, yeah. There's a picture, if you're watching online, uh, of her. I guess that's out of Greece. What a cute girl she was. And a pretty lady into her uh, 70s. Had breast cancer. The cause of death wasn't uh, reported, but uh, she has been struggling with breast cancer for some time. You know, it's hard to believe is uh, that Grease movie came out in 1978. Uh, yeah, I was thinking late 70s, uh, just thinking how old I was. and little uh, bgs to uh, it really was a great movie and has inspired uh many uh reproductions high school plays and 
Yes. Oh yeah. And everything. It's uh, really good. That that's not uh, the Bee Gees. That's um, Frankie Valley. Yeah. 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 Sounds like a sounds like a Bee Gees song. As you I think the, I think uh, I think I think the Bee Gees may have wrote that song possibly. Yeah. Of course, they did. Uh, what was the other song that was in there that uh, the, the Bee Gees had a song in there? Is this it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You can, I've always said when it comes to uh, pop culture, uh, you're talking to the wrong guy. Well, this isn't really pop culture now. This is history. <laughs> anyway. We're way past the pop culture. Yeah. Stand. But you know, the Bee Gees, you know, drift off the music a little bit. You talking about. A talented group, and you, I, I think they might have wrote that first song. But when you start looking at the list of songs that they wrote, and oh, yeah. and yeah. all different types of music that they didn't perform, I mean, yeah. that yeah. I mean, you could argue they might be maybe with the most prolific songwriter in history, probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean right up there with Lennon McCartney for sure. They yeah. did okay. The Bee Gees did right. Grease, uh, so says our uh, producer Clark Willis, and he's a pretty smart guy. Um, him and Google. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying, speaking of the Bee Gees, Andy Gibb, the youngest brother of the Bee Gees, was dating yeah. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, they were an item back in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, I just remember a friend of mine, we talk about it all the time, because we, we both agree that Olivia Newton-John is in our all-time top 10. We, we have an all-time top 10 of... Uh, of women that we think are you and know, your wife is number one yeah obviously. that's right that's yes. right yeah. but celebrities go. celebrities <laughs> but uh, your wife's not a celebrity come on now <laughs> but he you're always, really digging the hole buddy <laughs> but he always makes the comment that you can come uh, over to my house for supper because yeah, you ain't gonna get any when you get home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not only supper <laughs> uh but anyway we always joke about uh it's not really a joke about but he talks about andy gibb I, there was an interview that Livy Newton-John gave years ago that said that uh, she basically gave him ultimatum, you know, drugs or, or us, and he chose drugs. And he said, you know, that, that always stopped me from doing drugs yeah. because if drugs are more powerful than Livy Newton-John, I don't want any part of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and, boy, that Andy Gibbs story, that's a sad story. He was talented as well. Uh, anyway, uh, life is uh, but a vapor, so James says. And uh, it, uh, at 73, there was, a, I mean, I'm 68 now, so 73 is sounding really young to me. But, uh, there, you know, there was, when you're, when you're 10 years old, 73, oh, she died at a nice old age. But, yeah, uh, I wouldn't, if somebody asked me, I would, I would have guessed late 60s. I would, I would have guessed that she had not reached 70 yet. But yeah. I guess she was older than John Travolta back in the, that movie, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I'm not sure how old Travolta is, but we'll we'll soon find out because uh, as we say that, uh, Clark is looking it up for us. Listen, if you saw Donald Trump's speech over the weekend at the CPAC down in Dallas, 68 is, uh, I told you he's looking it up. John Travolta, 68, Olivia Newton-John, 73. So she was five years did she play an older part? In, I mean, in the in the play, they were supposed. To, I know they were peers. Yeah, I think she yeah. did. I think okay. she was. Yeah, I think she did. Anyway, getting back to Donald Trump, uh, if you saw his speech over the weekend down at Dallas at the CPAC, clearly, clearly he is running for president. <laughs> oh, yes. Without a doubt. <laughs> I, I mean, it's. It, I mean, everybody thought that anyway. I think for the most part, but it was it was a campaign speech, and it was long. Actually. Went out. He he started it 
I, I ran out to the store, came back, and he still was going and went on for another 45 minutes. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't put a stopwatch to it, but it had to be close to two hours. Yeah, and I know I'll get the emails, and we might even get some phone calls, but I, but I can't listen to them. <laughs> I mean, I voted for him, uh, voted for him twice, but uh, I can't listen to him. It just, you know, after a while, I just get tired of hearing the same thing. <laughs> well, it, and it's it's been a while since I have heard him, but it literally is one of those things that you can listen to it, you get a good laugh, you know, because he, he is funny. I mean, yeah. he could be a stand-up well, comic. Well, I mean, he's an entertainer. I mean, he's, he is an entertainer, and, and he's made his life being a self-promoter and then in, went on into entertainment. So, I mean. <laughs> well, one of the funniest parts of his speech, though, he, he was talking about the accusations that have come at him from this January 6th deal, including the woman that testified that he grabbed the wheel of the beast and, uh, you know, tried to drive it back to the Capitol. And uh, it, it, to hear him describe that was, was pretty funny. He was, it, was, it was interesting. My prediction, though, is the ticket – for 2024 will be Trump Tim Scott. Tim Scott's just come out with a new book and uh he's it, it's getting some attention. I think uh and listen, I it doesn't hurt the ticket to have an African American on the ticket. And uh I I just you know it was interesting in this interview I heard um on Fox with Tim Scott, they asked him, "Okay, what's your relationship with Donald Trump?" Good. No, it's good. Yeah, we disagree on some things, but no, it's it's very healthy. I, you know, I, before, well, actually, in two thousand, uh, guess what? Sixteen's when he ran with Mike Pence. I, I, right. I was thinking Tim Tim Scott and um, uh, what Nikki Haley back then, um, but I think Tim Scott, you know, he's uh, he'd be tough. He'd be, you know, you. You, you kind of, I, th- you know, I think Trump pretty much has the South anyway. But uh, you know, having a, a Southern Republican, a Black Republican, first like, Black U.S. Senator. Yep. Um, and t- I think you know people that I know that know Tim Scott said he's a real deal too. I mean, yeah. he's a genuine person. I was think Tim Scott. I one time I thought Christy Dome from South Dakota, but maybe I don't know. She's, you know, South Dakota doesn't bring you a whole lot except for. You know, she looks good in, in chaps and a cowgirl hat. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, too, though. I mean, the, the, is is the locality of the person as important as what they stand for? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I guess it, it is, and I'm sure – but, you know, the days, if you were um, – regardless of what party you were from, people would, would vote for you. If you were from Texas and you were a Democrat and you were on the ticket – of course, that's why Kennedy picked Johnson back in 1960 because mm-hmm. he wanted to carry Texas. And it had some weight. So Republicans back then would, would have come over and said, well, I think it's good for Texas. I'll go ahead and vote for Kennedy because Johnson's on the ticket. I don't know that it plays that well as it did back then because the, 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 the <clears throat> difference in the ideology of the two parties is so, so strong. I think that has just got a, a stronger appeal and pull than the geographic location of where the person's from. Well, you know, historically at the top of the ticket, when you had an outsider be you know, mainly a governor of some state, and, of course, obviously Donald Trump never been into politics, I guess never had an elected office right. before president. You know, they would pick someone in Washington with some kind of House or Senate experience, which he picked Mike Pence. Uh, I mean, you just look down the list, senators and and House members have been picked by, um, you know, 
either governors or someone was out of politics all the time i don't know is that that is as important any any longer just because to your point uh you know gosh it's hard to see democrats and republicans they don't get together and make deals anymore you know we're used to you know you'd have a you know someone that could go sit down with say tip o'neill if you're a republican or someone or on the flip side whoever on the republican side yeah, would have been ronald Gingrich. reagan and tip o'neill yeah. well, how many deals did they pull out together exactly. so uh I, I don't know now i think now it's going to be more about um you know look at the states really look at the states i mean because if they're a popular person in their state that cares a lot of uh electoral votes uh you know that might have a lot to do with it well that's true too now th- that part but but again is are you necessarily going to carry the state now you're going to i think the people have got their minds already made up i mean i i just don't see uh you know if there was a strong conservative from a large state i don't see the democrats coming over and voting for that strong conservative even though they're in that state <clears throat> now maybe a few would but i don't see the majority of them which by the way speaking of campaigning um DeSantis, I had an article in here somewhere on the Daily uh, Wire. DeSantis is now uh, hitting the uh, trail, and uh, yeah, he's going to be campaigning for a bunch of folks all over the country. Um, DeSantis <laughs> has a unique ability to unite conservatives and those around these candidates. Uh, he's he's joined up with Turning Point. He's going to be campaigning from Cary Lake, Blake Masters down in Arizona, J.D. Vance in Ohio. Um, a, a number of different candidates, literally all over the nation: Arizona, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Mexico. So uh, that's another name to uh, be thinking about. And you know, it, I, I saw that headline. I thought to myself, "Okay, is this DeSantis out there getting some uh, additional national exposure?" And uh, oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's definitely what it is. And of course, I think he. I mean, he brings what Donald Trump brings to the republican you know rallying the republican base yes um i mean really i think i I can't imagine except for going head to head with donald trump there's there's probably no one else that can rally the trump voters so to speak any more than uh desantis if it's not donald trump you mentioned someone just then uh did you get chance to hear um lake the um Terry Lake. Terry Lake. Kerry. Kerry. Kerry Lake yeah. with, uh, was an Arizona candidate for governor? Is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance to hear her? I didn't. Well, I've heard bits and pieces of I, her. Did she give the whole speech? Yeah. Feedback? I, I, I did not hear her I, speech. Yeah. That's, I'm telling you, she's got a future. Um, you know, speaking of non traditional candidates, I, I mean, I think she's only recently been out. This is her first run for office, or. I think so. She she has a news background. Yeah. She's been yeah. an anchor for years yeah. out, out there. And uh, so she, she's how to play the cameras, I'm sure. She's impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, let's face it. Um, politics this day is more about the sizzle than the steak, and uh, she's yeah. got some sizzle. Uh, unfortunately, you're right. I mean, yeah. and I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying, yeah, it, it, it'd be nice if we could get back to the days of there was actually some substance and not just a bunch of sizzle. Um, you, you talk about Ron DeSantis and uh, how the vote took at CPAC. Now, you got to remember CPAC. I mean, these people foam at the mouth with politics and and listen i would agree with most of what they believe in and what you know their ideology is but i'm not sure they can they they sort of have blinders on and are just have have tunnel vision it's that being said <laughs> yeah it's like, it's kind of like going into a room full of life insurance agents and start talking life expectancies they're gonna yeah. get it <laughs> they're gonna get it they're gonna get excited but everybody else i mean don't know what the heck are you talking about so 
So they did the CPAC straw poll, and it was no contest. Trump actually increased his margin of victory from the straw poll taken in Orlando's CPAC conference back in February from uh, 59% in February to 69% now. Governor DeSantis came in second at 24%. Uh, he finished with 28% in Orlando. So Trump increased his number by 10%. DeSantis dropped back uh, by 4%. But, you know, I think I think one of the differences is I, I think everybody thinks at CPAC that Trump is running and DeSantis, they're not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if DeSantis had come out and was running full speed ahead, I, I think that number would probably have been a little higher. But uh, it's uh, well, it's not that early. It's a little early. But what? Um what probably the first of next year is probably when oh, someone yeah. announced. As soon as the midterms are over, you're gonna you're gonna see them. It's gonna go into high gear. It's really gonna be interesting to see if if DeSantis throws it out and they said, "Hey, I'm going head to head against Donald Trump," and uh, that will be that will be interesting. Lots more to talk about, including this uh, boondoggle that was passed over the weekend. And what's unbelievable is the amendments that the Republicans put forth that the Democrats turned down. We'll talk about that more. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. rising costs your groceries everything is massive inflation way up going through the roof it's outrageous hold on to your wallet what's coming through your speaker information the latest news and updates or your smart device the conversation right now this is complete insanity it's free there's a lot going on right now we have to understand what that means listen on the tune in radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7 All right, welcome back to News and Views for a Monday. Quick look at your weather forecast. Mostly clear skies tonight, a low around 74. Generally sunny tomorrow, high of 94. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy. A stray thunderstorm is possible. And uh, lows will be in the mid-70s again. Wednesday, mostly sunny in the morning. Then increasing clouds. And so uh, we'll probably see a good chance of rain late in the afternoon and into Wednesday night. And then uh, looking ahead to uh, Thursday, again, another chance of rain. By the end of the week, we're actually going to be back in the 80s. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, really. That sounds good to me. Uh, August the 8th, National Pickleball Day. So there's no food, but we do have pickleball. So even the sport (laughs) has got to work off all that food. Have you ever yeah. played pickleball? I hadn't. Clark asked me about it. And, of course, you know, hey, I I'm probably resemble this remark now anyway, but I said it's basically fat. Slow, slow motion, uh, fat old, person old, tennis. Old man, fat man tennis. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I've seen people play. It looks like it might be fun. Yeah, my wife has played. Yes. And uh, she said it was fun, but it's, it's been slow, which is good. I mean, that's what I need is slow motion tennis. So we were talking during the break. Um, if you've been following the polls, you've been following the news, there is now a narrative out there that says, wait a minute, this red wave that we've been talking about, is it really going to be that big of a red wave or is it just going to be, eh, they might win? There's a new survey out from ABC News just came out showing that Biden, his approval numbers remain in rough shape with other results reflecting voters' overall sour mood about the direction of the country and the economy. 
Of course, journalists have been tripping over themselves to declare, oh, this is the Biden comeback. <laughs> the Biden comeback. That means, uh, you know, they, they put the paddles on his chest and we got a heartbeat. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah, that's probably more closer than we think. <laughs> With the midterm elections three months away, Americans remain sour on the state of the economy and are pessimistic about its future course, with Biden's approval rating across a range of issues continuing to suffer, according to this new ABC IBIS poll. More than two-thirds, 69 percent of Americans think the nation's economy is getting worse. And, uh, of course, after uh, they pass this boondoggle over the weekend, it is going to get worse. The highest measure that is the highest measure that the economy has reached since 2008, when that number was 82 percent. So 69 percent think the economy is getting worse. Back in 2008, which is the last time the economy really tanked, and gee, who was president back then? 82 uh, percent. Currently, only 12 percent think the economy is getting better. 18. I'd like to meet those 12 percent. Um, I, I know they're all Democrats. Other than that, I'd like to know something about them. 18% think that it's essentially staying the same. Americans' views of Biden's handling of the, uh, the economic recovery remained overwhelmingly negative. We were virtually unchanged from the same poll in early June, with only 37% of Americans approving the job the president is doing, 62 disapproving in the latest poll. The president's rating on inflation is even worse. 29% of Americans say they approve, 69 disapprove. The only people that I could possibly think uh, who who like what Biden is doing, 29%, really must be invested heavily in commodities and real estate because uh, <laughs> otherwise uh, you're not too happy with that. Or moochers versus producers. Yeah, well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody that thinks they're going to get something for nothing. Um, these are some really ugly numbers for the president, whose party is desperately hoping for that voters won't tie his job performance to the electoral performance in November. See, they they do though. That's that's the problem. They do, and you know, right now they're they're blowing the bugle over the abortion issue, and now they're they're saying, oh, this Build Back Better thing. Oh, we've we've saved the economy. Does, does anybody really believe that spending the money that they're talking about spending? Which uh, what did it amount to? What was the total number? It was, uh, it was about seven hundred and thirty billion dollars. Yeah, billion dollars. I, I remember, and it wasn't that many decades ago. The first time we had a budget that was a billion dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Now we've got one bill that's seven hundred billion dollars. Yeah, now budgets just don't mean anything. I mean, that's just a meaningless term. Um, The ABC poll, um, this is how Joe fared in terms of approval numbers. Uh, Inflation, 29%. Immigration, 34%. These are the percentages of people that think Joe's doing a good job. The economy, 37%. Crime, 38%. Frankly, all those numbers are much higher than I'd ever think they would have been. Uh, With the poll, Republicans lead approximately by 10 points in several of the biggest issues facing voters, the economy, inflation, and crime albeit many undecideds. Given how bad Biden's numbers are on those issues, it stands to reason that lopsided percentages of undecided voters are Biden disapprovers, which doesn't bode well for the Democrats. Democrats appear to have closed the enthusiasm gap a little bit, but GOP still has the edge on that. Uh, The ABC poll, how enthusiastic are you about voting in November? Very or somewhat enthusiastic, Republican 75%, 
Democrats, 68%, plus 7 for the Republicans. Democrats have pulled into a tie with Republicans on the generic. And this is where all the headlines are going. Democrats have pulled into a tie with Republicans on the generic 2022 ballot. But being tied on this measure is generally a good sign for Republicans. And I said this last week. If the and granted, I, I recognize that it's you know if these if these polls are correct for the Republicans, it's come down a little bit. But generally speaking, the Republicans are down somewhere between five and eight percentage points at this point in the economy and in this point in the uh, election cycle. And the fact that we're we're tied, the Republicans are tied means <laughs> practically means we're ahead. Starting to see a likely voter versus registered voter split emerge here. So, in other words, if you look over the last uh, polls of likely voters, the, the likely voters, four polls ago, the GOP was up one percentage point. Uh, three polls ago, they were up two percentage point. Uh, three polls ago, they were up five percentage points. This poll, they're up eight percentage points of likely voters. Registered voters, Dems were up 5% four polls ago. Dems were up three percentage points three polls ago. Dems were up two, and now they're tied. So of registered voters, it's going in the wrong direction for the Democrats. Of likely voters, it's going in the right direction for Republicans. Yeah, you know, the the House, I, I, think, I think it will be a significant red wave in the House. I mean, there's very few seats that are ever in play in the House anyway, but – um, I, I just think I think the Republicans are going to pick up a bunch in the House, but the Senate. I I still look at these states that are always, you know, razor thin close, and the ones that are important for Republicans to win, like you know Pennsylvania and Nevada Georgia. and Georgia and uh, what Wisconsin, um, Nevada. Yeah. Um, so um, and that what Arizona. So I mean they're important states, and I just I don't know the I don't know if it's the candidates. And maybe the polls are wrong. I, I don't know, but maybe, yeah, maybe there's some cheating going on last it, time. It could be, but uh, I, I'm just really concerned about those. I, I think they really need to get a push with somebody with star power, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, or whatever. I mean, to hit these states hard because uh, I, I mean, they're not in those states. There's no Republican or no independent conservative mind minded independents going to get excited about the fact that Mitch McConnell. <laughs> or, no, has anything he, to do with the Senate? A- absolutely right. And, I mean, uh, Miss McConnell is about as exciting as watching white paint dry. And and here's the thing too. And and Republic, you'd think this would be a lesson so well learned that it would be just memorized. You can't win elections by tearing down the other guys. Yeah, you've got to go out and do what Donald Trump is is doing now and and did in the last two elections. Nobody did it better than Ronald Reagan. You cast a vision. This is what we could be. This is what we could do. We can be energy independent. We can get inflation down to 0%. We can get our economy going again. We can turn this thing around. We did it once and we can do it again. But right now, in the U.S. Senate, when when we ought to be having all kinds of candidates casting these visions, you look at the Republican Senate and you say to yourself – what's going on guys can you can you do you have a pulse can you get a life <laughs> yeah yeah and i failed to mention the most important one north carolina i mean yeah I, there's to me I, I i think north carolina is gonna be razor thin close uh at best 
And I, I just I hope you're wrong, but I'm afraid you're right. I, I mean, I, I look back and, and the same question I, I when we had Ted Butt on the fr- very first time, the same question I I raised about. I mean, I couldn't find anybody ever heard of them except for people like us that right. that follow politics. Junkies, and, and junkies. when you get to a statewide race, that is a big deal. Yeah. And the, the the Democrats have so much money that they're spending with. Um, Beasley. <laughs> I couldn't think of her name. <laughs> I was going to help you. Our, our, our okay. You can't think of Ted Butt, but yeah. you think of the Democrats. Well, so maybe the Democrats aren't in any better shape. Well, than she Ted did Buck. such a bad job in the Supreme Court. I've been trying to forget her. But, but I mean, they're spending <laughs> a boatload of money just putting her on air yeah. constantly. And I just, I don't know. I don't see anything out there with Ted Butt. I mean, I mean, how, is he going to just say, okay, uh, I got this Donald Trump surfboard under my feet, and I'm gonna just ride it in November. I mean, it's- or is he keeping his powder dry, and then they're gonna have an explosive media campaign come first of September? I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I, I right now, you know, you, I mean, it's interesting. We're talking about all the Senate races, and oh yeah, by the way, we've got one in North Carolina. It's just sort of out of the news. And, I mean, uh, these statewide races like that, whether, whether it be a whether it be a state uh, office, you know, like governor, lieutenant governor, or whatever, or, or a U.S. senator with a statewide, I mean, it's it takes name recognition, yeah. and you know, t- you know, Tom T- Tillis, if you know, love him or hate him, either Republican or Democrat, everybody knew who Tom Tillis was because I mean, he was basically leader of the General Assembly for a, a time, so he was in the papers, you know, s- several and times a, and a week. Staunch conservative, and yeah. a staunch conservative, but. Um, but a lot of this stuff is name recognition, and uh, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not feeling too good about it. Hope you're wrong. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. When we get back, uh, let's talk about the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah, right. We'll be right back. rising costs your groceries when everything is massive inflation way up going through the roof it's outrageous hold on to your wallet what's coming through your speaker information the latest news and updates or your smart device the conversation right now this is complete insanity it's free there's a lot going on right now we have to understand what that means listen on the tune in radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7 all right, welcome back in. So all types of uh, media outlets are reporting over the weekend. The Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act <coughs> along party lines. Um, Kamala Harris had to come in and break the tie. I mean, what does that tell you about it? I mean, we've got a, a 700 and some <laughs> odd billion dollar piece of you know what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did and you, did you see what she voted on? Did you see her? When the, she she was casting the vote to to you know push it over the edge, no, I did not. Just 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 smirk. Yeah. I, I mean, I turned my dad. You, you grinning like a mule eating briars. That's what my dad used to say. But I mean, she, it was just like funny to her. She she didn't have a serious no. bone in her she's body. A jackass. She, I, I'm she's, sorry. I, I know she's our vice president, but I just I'm sorry. I, I anyway. You know, it's interesting though. The the Democrats decided that this was reconciliation which means that they only needed 51 votes rather than 60 votes. And, of course, they had to bring in the vice president. 
You know, something like this, you know, I'm not going to rewrite the Constitution or whatever, but I mean, something like this, and I realized, okay, legally they could do that, but is it wise that they do that? I mean, that would that would be a campaign ad on myself. I mean, here they are, here they're glibly spending seven hundred billion dollars. That's only going to make the the nation in, in worse financial shape, and they got to bring in the vice president. They can't even break the tie. But here, here's the thing: they only wanted, they only needed uh, for a reconciliation fifty one rather than sixty, um, and the parliamentarian said, okay. You can do that because um, these are spending matters. So as long as it's a spending matter, then it does it, it, it can't be a policy issue. So how is spending eighty billion dollars on the IRS hiring more agents to come into the IRS than they currently have? And it's not going. And so, in other words, it's going to increase by more than a hundred percent. How is that not a policy issue? Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that, that you know they're they're doing this for in quote enforcement, looking for tax cheats. Well, they need to get busy processing tax returns and people that are tax paying citizens that can't get refunds. Yeah, who's the cheats? It sounds to me like the IRS is cheating. I mean, at la- last I looked, twenty the IRS has twenty one million backlog tax returns. They hadn't processed that was filed before 2022. Unbelievable. So, first, when they start, why don't you just get work done from two years ago? The problem is they did not go to work for six months, Um, and that's that was the biggest problem. But I just uh, I can't imagine so much of this bill spent on IRS enforcement. And one article I read said basically the number of employees when you start adding them up. The IRS will now have more employees than the State Department, the FBI, and the Department of Homeland Security is what I – the three I saw. And the Pentagon. And the Pentagon. Yes. Wow. Mm. Combined. Combined. The the IRS will have more than the employees in in that facility and those agencies. The Gestapo. Well, you know, I mean, we were talking during the break. This is – and by the way, there's another article out of PJ Media just talking about not only hiring the agents – but the, the arms that the IRS, an official report published by the Government Accountability Office, said at the end of 2017. Now, again, they're adding $80 billion to their bottom line. At the end of 2017, the IRS had 4,487 guns, 5,062,006 rounds of ammunition in its weaponry. That is according to Forbes. Is Is – you you hear about this bill, and I know there's some naive people out there that you know they they believe whatever a guy like Chucky the Clown Schumer is going to say, and oh yeah, this is good for inflation. I heard some interviews over the weekend, and you know people just don't don't dig into <laughs> themselves to find out what the truth is. But the bottom line is they are creating a government in which the American people are going to be living in fear. Yep, and you far, know, far removed where you can. Where you can vote them in or out, you just create a an animal so large that no one can control it. Well, no, not a voter. Anyway. And, and what happened to the day? And I mean, I know we, you know it used to be okay. We, we'll disagree on how big of the tax increase or the tax decrease ought to be, but there was a time in a day where okay, you know, Democrats are a little bit more liberal, conservative, more Republicans are more conservative, but we were basically going in the same direction, saying okay, we want what is best. For the American people, I, I granted, I realize people have been running for re-election for 150 years in this country. 
probably longer than that. Wanted the same, you know, you could say, argue that in the past we wanted the same results, but just get there differently. Yeah, that's but, that's a simple way of putting yeah. it. But right now, what happened to putting in uh, legislation and programs and ideas that will help the average American? And I know Chucky the Clown Schumer will say, "Oh, this is helping you. All oh, this is this is great stuff. This that that is BS." This is this is so dangerous that you're you're now developing a situation where where they want you to live in fear yeah. of your government, not respect your government, fear your government. And the Republicans used to, you know, accuse the Democrat Party of being you know a, a big government socialist. Well, now the Democrat Party. They own it. They they agree they're big government socialists. Believe it. They, I mean, they they are. I mean, I could argue that they're Mar- Marxists in particular. But I mean, they they embrace the big government socialism now. Embrace the big government control. Think they should control every aspect of your life. And it's be, basically they're getting to a point where the country's run by just a handful of business people and a handful of people in Washington. That's it. No one else has right. any other control. And I, I think that's the. That's the Democrat Party now. That is their goal. Well, and it's not the elected people that run things. It's the bureaucrats, the unelected bureaucrats yep. that are ultimately running it. So Ted Cruz came out and had an amendment that says, hey, you know what? We're going to scrap the $80 billion to increase enforcement by the IRS. That lost along party lines. Every Democrat voted against that bill. Every Republican voted for that amendment, I should say, not a bill. Uh, then uh, Mike Crapo from Idaho came out and said, now, listen. Joe Biden has told us from the time he was campaigning that no one making less than $400,000 a year will ever have a nickel of a tax increase. So Mike Crapo said, okay, I'm going to offer an amendment that no one, because this is what, this is what Joe Biden said, mm-hmm. nobody making less than $400,000, the IRS will be prohibited from using any of this $80 billion funding to audit any taxpayer making less than $400,000. That lost along party lines. (laughs) But, I mean, other things that lost along party lines, I mean, on the energy front, um, John Brasso from Wyoming proposed a measure that would have required the Bureau of Land Management to hold oil and gas lease sales in every state where uh, where they were held last June. That measure was defeated. Instead of pleading with dictators, he said, in other countries to increase oil and gas productions, we should expand American production, he said, when he was uh, proposing this amendment. No, every Democrat voted against that. John Kennedy proposed an amendment allowing oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Mexico. That was rejected along party lines. Um, Richard Shelby of Alabama offered an amendment to require Interior Department to uh, complete all pending coal leasing um, processes that were paused at the Bureau of Land Management, it failed along party lines. Um, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia proposed striking the $45 million in new funding for enforcement measures by the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. That amendment was defeated. I mean, you, you look at the IRS and the Environmental Protection Agency, you're looking at Gestapo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, it is. this is bad news. Yeah, we got to take a time out. Our producer's after me because I'm going over. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 
So have you ever wondered why Liz Cheney has it out for Donald Trump, but she never utters a word against Hunter Biden? Maybe this is why. Philip Perry is the husband of Liz Cheney. He's also a partner at the same law firm representing Joe Biden's scandal-ridden son, Hunter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, never ends. Never ends. <laughs> um, and by the way, for those of you who think that Liz will move back to Wyoming after she loses, is, it, is that primary this week or is it next week? It's got to be soon. Mm, yes, yeah, It's, it's an soon. August primary. But uh, Mr. Perry's office and employment – is in a Washington, D.C. office, not in Wyoming. And I don't know that he's ever worked in Wyoming. But that's who she represents. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this mess for people that, you know, run, just like Hillary Clinton when she ran for Senate in New York. She wasn't a New Yorker. I well, mean, I, and, but and, not even Ting at home. Uh, Elizabeth Dole. Oh, Elizabeth Dole, yeah. She, I mean, I, mean, she, I know she, she had grew a couple, up here, but. Yeah, she had a cup of coffee in North Carolina. That's about all she had. I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't care what party it is. By the way, Beto O'Rourke was campaigning down in Texas over the weekend, and um, there it wasn't a big crowd, maybe 50 people. Fit in the phone booth. <laughs> uh, well, almost. It was in Rockdale, Texas, and uh, he was leaving the event with maybe 50 people escorting him out to his vehicle. Uh, 48 of them were uh, holding Abbott signs. <laughs> oh, I thought you said four, 48 of them held him at gunpoint. <laughs> no, it's uh, – Beto is a uh, – these, these characters that run as Democrats. I hope he can go away. I just don't know how he keeps coming back up. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're a Republican and you're this big of a loser, do you think he'd keep coming back up? But somehow the media loves the Beto O'Rourke's and the Pete Buttigieg's and – Unbelievable. Yeah, they do for some reason. Hey, pray for our nation, uh, please, because uh, we we need some divine intervention. It's uh, not not going well. Hey, listen, we'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Don't forget the opening ceremonies start in four minutes down at the Greenville Town Common. Welcome uh, World Series to uh, Eastern North Carolina. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.